Thanks for joining us for Open Bible Online today. Open Bible Baptist Church has been in South Jersey for over 60 years. We love this community and we want to be a help to you. In order to help us help you in the best way possible, would you do us a favor? Please fill out the digital connection card posted in this link. Here you could post prayer requests and also ask any questions you may have about Open Bible. If you'd like to give today, you could give online in less than two minutes. Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service. Well, if you have your Bibles, I'd like for you to join me tonight in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter number 11. And for some reason, I sound a little different than I did this morning. And I didn't even have pasta for dinner. You want to make some adjustments to that up there, if you would, please? It's kind of got, a, got some feedback. You hear it, or is it just me? What do you think? You're not going to say anything, are you? You getting some feedback? Thank you, Lillian. At least we have one honest lady here. Turn me down a little bit, if you would, Matt. It seems to be bouncing all over the place. I have a timid voice. And I'm just speaking right now. Go ahead and turn that down just a little bit, if you would, please. Keep going down with it. Well, it's good to see such a good crowd tonight. Amen. Did you have a good day? Yeah? So am I, am I try, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to kind of learn you. You don't like to talk back, do you? Huh? You're learning, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. I like, I like when you talk back to me, you know, right? I don't like to be like John the Baptist, one crying in the wilderness, right? You know, so. 1 Corinthians chapter number 11. And if you're visiting here with us at Open Bible tonight, we welcome you and hope you feel welcomed. It's one thing for us to say it, it's another thing for us to show it, right? But I, I do believe you've been shown, and so if you're a visitor, God bless you, we're glad you're here. And uh, we'd like to connect with you. Uh, we'll talk about it at the end of the service, we'd like to get you to fill out one of our connect cards. And that way, we could at least pray for you. Everybody needs to be prayed for. Isn't that right? And so we'd like to at least pray for you. And then if you're interested in more information about uh, Open Bible, we'd love to talk to you about it and come visit with you, come visit with us and get to know you just a little, just a little bit. We're going to break bread tonight at the Lord's Supper. Amen? Communion. And um, how many are really not too familiar with the Lord's table? Raise your hand. Don't feel embarrassed. Everybody kind of understands what it's all about, right? <laughs> Oh, it's a rough crowd, man. I'll tell you what. I might just need to dust off a spot and preach for a while. Fishing around, amen. So let's read for a little bit, and then I'm going to make a couple comments on this text of Scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, and let's pick it up in verse number 23. Now, this is the Apostle Paul speaking to the church in Corinth, Right? But let's be clear about something. Every time a preacher stands up and says, you know, this is the Apostle Paul, or this is, you know, reading out the book of John, this is John, we, we, we do believe with all of our being that the Bible is God's Word, right? And we, we believe that God has preserved it for us and so that every single word is perfect, right? Every period is where it ought to be, every I is dotted, every T is crossed, 
And we have no problem with any of it. At least this side believes that. We believe that, don't we, church? Right? And so don't fault me when I say here, you know, the Apostle Paul is writing the church in Corinth because he is. But what he's writing, what he's recording is what God wanted him to record. You get that, right? See, now it works, right? So inspiration, inspiration is from, is from God to man, right? The transmission of the Bible, right? Uh, revelation is from God to, uh, inspiration from God to man. Revelation is from man to paper. And then illumination is from paper to the heart. Did you get that? Would you like me to say that again? I don't think I can. So the trans- how did God get us the Bible? Inspiration, God breathed. So it came from God to man. And then revelation from man to paper. God, you know, man wrote down exactly, exactly what God wanted them to write. These are not Paul's thoughts. These are God's words. And then when you and I read it under the authority of the Holy Spirit, he illuminates us and so that it comes from paper to our heart. Right? And that's where Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter number 2, the Bible is spiritually discerned. The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, right? So uh, an unsaved person, really, uh, the only thing he maybe understand is he needs to be saved. Because the Bible, you read the Bible as an unsaved person, it's confusing. And if anything, it's condemning. It's convicting. But when you read it as a saved person, it's illuminating. Right? And we're inspired and we're challenged and exhorted and all that good stuff, Right? And so when Paul writes here, he's writing exactly what the Lord wants him to write. And I like the way he puts it here in verse 23. He said, for I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you. So Paul, too, is a recipient of this. Whatever Paul was about to say has touched his life. He has absorbed, right? He's not just peddling. He's not just peddling the truth. He's not just broadcasting it. He's not just sharing it. No, this message he's about to share, he personally has received. That makes a difference, doesn't it? Huh? Uh, did you hear this morning when I was sharing the story about my wife? Did you pick up the little bit of passion in my voice? You know why that is? I shared that with her. I went through that with her, right? If I share your story, I'm sharing a story. When I share her story, I'm sharing our story. Paul is sharing our story. Right? He has personally been influenced, infected, infected by this. Amen? And so, I want, you to, I want you to understand this as we move on. He says, For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, and that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Now, l- l- listen to the man. These are the words of Jesus. And Paul was just now recording or repeating the words of Jesus. He said, Take, eat, This is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also, he took the cup. Uh, When he had supped, saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. Let me draw your attention to verse 26. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. Right? That's the message. Uh, when, when, you, when you read the Scripture, you come to understand this, that each passage of Scripture contains a message. Isn't that right? Uh, 
some some of the the messages are general messages. For example, uh, John 3 and verse 16. Familiar with the verse, right? Let's say it together. Here you go. You ready? For God so loved the world... That's still sweet, isn't it? And it's still sweet to your ears? So, now, that Bible verse contains a message. And we would say this, we would say it's a general message. Right? It's for everybody. For God so loved the open Bible Baptist church. No, God so loved the world. It's a general message. And the message is clear, right? God so loved the world, he gave gave his only son? No, he gave his only begotten son. That's important, because I'm a son, and you're a son, and you're a daughter, and you're a child. But when God gave his only begotten son, he gave Jesus. And, and there's a message there. It's the message of salvation, right? If, if, if God would have gave me, I couldn't save you because I needed to be saved. But God gave Jesus, who was perfect, impeccable, sinless, right? And so the message of John 3.16 is a general message, correct? And the message is salvation. Uh, here's another one. You ready? Matthew 6.33. You familiar with it? How many like that Bible verse? There you go. You, ready? you want to quote it together? Matthew 6.33. Well, that was good, church. Isn't that a great Bible verse? All right, let me ask you this question now. Is that a general Bible verse? Or is it more personal? Is that for everybody? But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things. So who is that Bible verse for? It's for those who follow the procedure. You realize this, that there are some promises in the Bible that are first uh, precluded by, by, a, by a procedure. You need to follow the procedure in order to receive the promise. You wear that, right? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. He didn't say, just, just, just come on and cry, and I'll add. No, he said, you got to seek. You got to seek first, right? So we have some general. Uh, messages from Bible verses, and then some personal ones. And that verse there, Matthew 6 and verse 33, really is a personal verse that God, a promise that God has given to his children, to his disciples, to his followers, to you and I, who will obey him, who will seek him. And here's what he's promised. He's promised to take care of all of our needs. Isn't that awesome? If you put that in context, here's what you find out. Those early disciples were kind of like you and I. They were worrying about the next meal. You know, they're worrying about their sandals, you know, wearing out. Where are we going to sleep and how are we going to manage this? And the Lord said, man, you're worrying about things you ought not worry about. You know, all you need to do is this. You just need to take up, you just need to take up the responsibilities I give you, and I'll take up the responsibility taking care of you. I like that, don't you? Huh? And so when you look at the Bible, you find, you find each passage has or contains a message. Uh, as you look at this text... We might say, so what's the message? Right? We, we just read 1 Corinthians chapter number 11, verses 23 down to verse number 26. Uh, what's the message? Well, here, here's the message. It's a direct message. Now pay attention to this. It's a direct message to the local church. 
right? This message here is given to the local church. This isn't given to the family. This is not for the Austin family. It's not for the Brown family. This is for the church family, right? And so if, if uh, Brother Tyler said to Miss Carrie, uh, you know what, a little tired tonight. I know they're having the Lord's Supper down at the church. Let's just stay home and we'll do it right here. Huh? And he sends Ty to get the grape juice and he asks Addie to go break up some crackers and here comes Clay, and he says to Clay, go ahead and take the elements and give it to the family. I'm, not, I'm, I'm sure I'm not the first to say this, but that wouldn't be biblical. <laughs> say amen right there. That wouldn't be biblical. You know? Now, if he stayed home because he was tired and had cookies and milk, God bless you. Hope things turn out well. But if you stayed home because you're tired and you had the Lord's Supper with your family, not biblical. Why? Because this message was given directly to the local church. Do you agree with that? Are you sure? Huh? Thank you. Who said that? Oh, you said that. Yeah. Right? Given to the local church. And, and what, what is it? Well, the message is this. The message is on, on how we ought to celebrate his, his supper. We call it communion, right? It's the Lord's Supper, right? And, and, and there's just a couple of things I want to point out about this, and, and I'm not going to get into all the details here, but I want to point out a few things about this message. First of all, I want you to notice it's a powerful message. Remember I said this a moment ago that each passage of Scripture contains a message? Well, this one contains a message, and this message is powerful, so what do you mean by that, preacher? Well, when you read verses 23 and 24 and 25, Paul is delivering a message that he personally received, and that message that he received had the power to change his life. Right? Did you ever read, did you ever read Acts chapter number 9? It's a great story, isn't it? You know what it is? It's, it's the conversion testimony of the Apostle Paul. Right? Before he was Paul, he was... Saul of Tarsus, right? And you know, as, as Saul of Tarsus, he wasn't, he wasn't a nice guy, was he? In fact, he had an attitude. He didn't like Christians. He didn't like people like you and I. And his whole life's mission, his desire, was to see if he, can't, he, if he couldn't just, just kind of put an end to Christianity. And he was doing a pretty good job, you know, uh, until, until he met the Lord Jesus Christ for himself. See, it's one thing to meet one of his followers, but it's another thing to meet him. Huh? And you're not saved just because you know me. You're not saved just because you know each other. You're saved when you get to know or when you meet him. And so here's Saul of Tarsus. He's, uh, we're told, on a road heading toward Damascus, right? And, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, he has an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. Did you ever, did you ever read the text? Go home and read it. It's awesome. And, and, and Saul is just, I mean, he's on his way. This bright light, you know, shines from heaven, kind of knocks Paul back. And here's, here's the words of Saul of Tarsus. He said, who art thou, Lord? And out of that bright light comes these words, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. Who art thou, Lord? I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. 
You know the very next thing Paul says? What will thou have me to do? Huh? Look here. Oh, this is good. This is good. When you have a real encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ, the only proper response is, what will you have me to do? What will you have me to do? See, if you come to church looking for an encounter with the Lord, if you come to church looking for an encounter with His Word, you'll get it, and the response ought to be, Lord, what will you have me to do? And that changed that, changed that fellow's life. Isn't that right? Because I've heard this said many times, you've heard this said many times, Brother Tyler, that Paul, probably outside of the Lord Jesus Christ, was the greatest Christian that ever lived. Did you hear that before? But we're talking about a fellow who was a persecutor. Huh? Today, we might be talking about a guy who comes to church with ink all over. You listening real good? I mean, he might have tat tats on his neck and on his forehead. You know, his ears pierced, his nose pierced, his tongue is pierced. That may have been Paul. And guaranteed, he come into a church like this, we may not want to sit next to him. Because we might be afraid that if we brought him, someone might say, what is, what is Nathan doing hanging around with a guy like that? Come on, church, get with the program. Huh? But we don't realize that Nathan was out yesterday knocking on doors, passing out gospel tracts. He met Mr. Tat and said, would you come to church with me? And... and Look here, just because he's got tats on his neck and piercings in his nose doesn't mean he doesn't have a soul that's longing for something. And so what happens? So here, my brother now brings him to church, and he sits him right there on the front row. And somebody says, I thought that kid was going to Bible college. What's he doing hanging around with people like that? I'll tell you what, I think if Paul had showed up at some of our Baptist churches, we wouldn't let him in. In fact, we probably wouldn't even let Jesus in. I think his hair may have been a little bit too... Huh? Come on now, not here, of course. But we can talk about everybody else, right? Are you with me? So Paul, Paul is sharing with this church a message that, that literally changed his life because it was a powerful message. Say it with me, a powerful message. Not only that, let me, let me hasten, let me move on. I want you to notice in verse 25 where it becomes a personal, a personal message. Look, look what he says. After the same manner also he took the cup, when he had supped, saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood, this do, what's the next word? Does your Bible say y'all? You've got to have a southern Bible for it to say y'all, Right? This do who? Ye. I, I want you to say me. 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 This, this is a personal message. Not just a powerful message, but it's a personal message. And what Paul is saying, he's talking to the church in Corinth. Now get this. The church. You know the church is made up of saved, baptized individuals. Right? And so what he's saying is this. Ye ought to do what I'm telling you to do, individually. So it's a message to you and I, right? And the message is this. The message is we ought to celebrate. We ought to celebrate this table until the Lord Jesus Christ comes back. 
And every time we take that cup, we take that cracker, and we take that cup, right, what we're doing is, is symbolically we're saying, you know, his broken body and his shed blood has made a major difference in my, it's changed my life. Amen? It's got to become personal. Isn't that right? I know there's generations here at Open Bible, right? I'm looking back there and I see, I see Craig. I think, I think his nickname is Bubby. Hey, Bubby. But your dad comes here, right? And is that your grandmother there? And I think she's been here. I think she told me Moses used to come to Sunday school. When... <laughs> That's when Brother Riddell was pastoring preachers. <laughs> back in that day. So it's generations, right? But I'll guarantee you this, and I'm just going to go out on a limb here. I'll guarantee you this. Uh, bro Brother, Brother Craig knows that he's not going to heaven because his grandmother, Honey, has been a member here at Open Bible for all these years. Right? Isn't that right, my brother? Uh, it's got nothing to do. It's got nothing to do with his heritage or his pedigree. It's got everything to do with his personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's why our children need to make sure to, at, at whatever age they come to know Christ on their own. It's because mom and dad, you know, I'll never forget this, my daughter Nicole, who was our eldest now, when she was five years old, uh, her and I went to a revival service together. My, my wife wasn't feeling well. And so her and I went to revival service together at our church, and we were sitting right where you are, Chuck, and Nicole was sitting next to me, just five years old, and the preacher preached, and, and at, the, at the invitation, I'll never forget, I didn't ask her, she tugged at my coat and said, Daddy, I need to get saved. And I said, say it again. And she said it again. I said, okay, come on. I grabbed her by the hand. We walked to the aisle at five years old, knelt, knelt down and talked to her about salvation. I led her to the Lord, five years old. Well, I think when she was about maybe 14 years old, you know, 13, 14 years old, uh, ninth or 10th grade, somewhere in that neighborhood, school chapel, you know, somebody preached in our school chapel and she got all stirred up, went home. No, it was a Wednesday night service, I think. I don't remember. Anyway, it was, it was a preaching service. She got all stirred up, came home, and, and she, was having, she was having a little bit of doubt. And you know what I said to her, Chuck? I said, girl, straighten up. I'm the pastor. You can't have doubts. I led you to the Lord when you were five. How dare you doubt? No, that's not what I said. See, that's what a parent would say who's filled with pride. That's what a parent would say who's out of their mind. Because, well, man, bless God, what happens? What happens if they find out down the church that you're not saved? You got saved when you're five. What are they going to think? Who cares what they think? You want your daughter to go to hell because you don't want somebody to think the worst of you? That's good preaching. So, you know what we did? I said to my wife, I, I, I messed up the first time. You better take her this time. And so she took her up into the bedroom. And, you know, 30 minutes later, they came down after tears and all that kind of stuff. And she rededicated herself to the Lord. Huh? See, Paul's speaking to the church about a powerful, personal message. That's what this table is. But finally, I want you to see this. It's a prophetic message. Not just powerful, and not just personal, it's prophetic. Look at the Bible again. Look what Paul says here in verse 26. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, read it with me, ye do show the Lord's death till... Until when? Until he comes. Until he comes. <laughs> hey, Jesus is coming again. Maybe morning, maybe noon, maybe evening, 
surely soon coming again. Aren't you glad? Huh? In fact, I seen somebody yesterday in the office, was it here? And they were, do, they were going like this. I said, what in the world are you doing? I said, just practicing for the rapture. <laughs> practicing for the rapture. Just getting ready. I want to go up. You know? And there's some days, I promise you, there's some days, John, when I honestly wished he'd come back now. This very moment. There's some other days when things are going pretty good, and I say, eh, tomorrow will be okay. But there's some days in my life now. You know, when I was younger, I used to have a staff member. And, and he would walk around the office and just say, maybe today, Pastor, maybe today. And I thought to myself, this guy's miserable. I'm having too much fun. You know, that young family and, man, young ministry. And, man, Lord, I know you're coming back, but I'm okay. Things are going pretty good. But he'd walk around, and, man, maybe today I'm praying for the Lord. If we ever had prayer, what can I pray for you, brother? Pray Jesus comes back today. <laughs> You know, good grief. But guess what? As I got a little bit older and pastored for a few more years, guess what? I start praying, oh, God, come back today. <laughs> come back soon. Well, he is. He's coming again. Don't forget what he told his disciples in John's gospel, the 14th chapter. You remember those words? Look over there and we'll finish with it. John chapter 14. Jesus speaking to his disciples. He gathers his team together. And he says in verse 1, let not your heart be troubled. No, don't let this old world get you down. Don't, don't get discouraged, right? Don't let the events that are about to take place discourage you is what he's saying. Let not your heart be troubled. Uh, you believe in God, believe also in me. He said, in my Father's house are many mansions. I go prepare a place for you, right? And if I go and prepare a place for you, look, what, what, what's the next few words? I will come again. Now, in my Bible, those words are in red, right? And here's what, we, here's what we've come to learn. When, when the Bible, when the words are in red, they are literally the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. So here's Jesus Christ himself issuing a promise, a declaration, I will come again. Huh? Isn't that good? If that's not enough, it gets better because he said this, not only will I come again, look at it, and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. Isn't that wonderful? So this message is prophetic. And you know what I think? You can take me to school on this and I, I, that's okay. But I believe this. I believe when he comes again, we're going we're gonna to partake with him in glory. I really do. I really believe... You know, uh, when, when we get into the millennial kingdom, you know, part breaking bread with the Lord Jesus Christ, it's going to be a wonderful time. It's going to be awesome. It's a future event. It's a prophetic message. Jesus Christ is coming again. And here's the key. Here's what he says in this text. Ye do show the Lord's death till he come. In other words, we need to keep testifying about this message. Isn't that right? So tonight, as we partake of these elements, what we're saying, we're testifying. We believe that Jesus Christ was broken. His blood was spilled, right? And one day he's coming again. And as we partake of the elements, we testify to that message. And then we're to go out into the community and where it says on the back wall, go on the wall of the world, preach the gospel to every creature. We just go out and show what the Lord is doing for us. And you know what? It, it's amazing how, 
how easy it really is to witness. You know, my wife and I were out in the arena of life yesterday. We were at a, a furniture store looking for a few things, and, uh, and the fella who was the salesman, uh, his name, I saw his name was Ian. I won't tell you his last name, Ian. And I saw his last name, and I said, hey, so are you Jewish? And he said, I am. And, of course, I already told him I was the pastor of uh, the Open Bible Baptist Church in Williamstown. And so, man, we, we, we started to talk about, and listen, no matter where I am, no matter what's going on, if somebody needs to be witnessed to, you cannot keep Donna Yanizzi quiet. And it was like I wasn't even there. So you're Jewish, boom. I never got another word out. Now, I'm not kidding you. Roger, that's the gospel truth, man. She just took over like I wasn't even there, you know. And before long, I don't know how it took place, but Ian now says, hey, Olivia. Olivia? How long? Eleanor. <laughs> I was close, wasn't it? Hey, Eleanor. Guess what? This is the pastor's wife. Oh, you're the first lady? <laughs> hey, Bob. Was his name Bob? Paul? <laughs> hey, Paul. <laughs> hey, Paul. Here comes Paul. Hey, Paul's a pastor of a church. Where <laughs> and like we had church. And all I really wanted to do, get out of there. I'm not a shopper, you know? And I tell you, she got open Bible Baptist church tracks out all over the place. It's really not hard. All you got to do is, and you'd be surprised how many people are open to it. See, you think you're going to get shunned. You think it, not, not today. No, the Lord has kind of broken down some walls and opened up some doors for you and I to go through. We're just too timid to go through them. Get yourself some gospel tracks on the way out. And just, man, just, you know, here you go. And if you really don't want to say anything, bring Mrs. Genizzi with you. She'll talk all you want. <laughs> There's a great song. I love it. It's a hymn. I think we've sang it, sang it here before. Come and dine. Come and dine. The master calleth come and dine. You can feast at Jesus' table all the time. He who fed the multitude turned the water into wine. To the hungry calleth now, come and dine. Amen. Isn't that great? That's what it's all about. And so tonight we're going to come and dine at the Lord's table. Amen. Thanks again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you could give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.